Amen. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles with me this morning. Grab your Bibles. There's a little bit of ring in this thing that's, yeah, it's kind of hot. Yeah. Go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14 and um, jump down to verse 13. I want to share a word that the Lord has dropped in my spirit on my heart with you this morning. Let me know you're there by saying amen if you're there. Amen. Don't hear very many amens. So I want to give you a chance. Yeah, let me know you're there. Say amen if you're there. Good, 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 good. Here's what I want to read, verse 13. It says here, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, and he will, that he will, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people to go forward. Come on, say go forward. Then verse 18, I mean verse 16, he says, Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Look at verse 15 again. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Let us pray, then we're going to go into the Word. Father, you're awesome. Father, you're wonderful. You're gracious. You're merciful. You're kind. As we go to your Word, Lord, open our hearts to hear, uh, most of all, adjust us towards you at the beginning of 2020, a new decade. And we want to hear from you. We want to be more like you. We want to be who you would have us to be. So speak, Lord, that God, your will will be done and we adjust towards you. It is in your name we pray and thank you. Amen and amen. Here's how I want to um, begin the message this morning. Um, we have one of our elders. Our elders normally meet um, every Sunday morning with our ministers and deacons in the back room. And we kind of say, what is God saying? What is God doing? Um, and we get a chance just to hear and interact with each other. And so one of our elders a couple of weeks ago, God just dropped a word in her spirit that I felt is so relevant for us that we need to hear, that the congregation need to hear this. So we can move together. And I think it's very, very appropriate, especially for uh, the beginning of the year, so that we can be what God would have us to be. So um, I want you to give your attention to um, Elder Corinne as she comes and just give her heart. Just want to make space for her to share. So come on, let's just welcome her. Um, God just really spoke to her so that she can share with us this morning. Allow God. Amen. Bless you, sis. Amen. Move this out your way. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord, everyone. Just got a few words to share with you this morning. Um, back in December, the beginning of December, as many of us do as we approach the end of one year and the beginning of another, we do reflections. How many, am I the only person that does a reflection of the year to see what I've done, to see where I need to move to? Well, during that time as I was reflecting and just praying, the Holy Spirit spoke as I was saying, you know, I'm ready for 2020 to come in, to move ahead, and to do so many different things. And the Lord said, what I need you more so to do in 2020, yes, you have your plans and you're making additional plans, but I need you to see. Well, you say 2020, you know, that's a cute little catchy phrase. But the Lord said, I need you to clearly, I need your spiritual vision to be very clear. And as I was um, looking at a scripture in Mark, the chapter, chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, in that particular portion of scripture, we see where Jesus and the disciples were going through a town called Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to Jesus. And they asked him if he would touch him so he could see. So Jesus took him out of that town. He took him out a little distance away. And he put spit on his eyes. And then he asked him to look up. Tell me what you see. And the man said, I see men as trees. Well, many times in our spiritual walk, we get a touch from God. It's not totally clear. But because you've not seen before, you're kind of like, well, I couldn't see before, but I can see a little bit. So distortion is what you live with. But God is saying in this season and in this hour, we can't work with that. 
You can't settle for not seeing clearly any longer. And, and the Lord goes on to say, well, that Jesus said, that's not going to work. So he touches him again. And the second time he said, what do you see? And the man says he could see clearly. And this is what God is saying for us in this season. It is absolutely life important Amen. that we see with clarity. With clarity. You know how sometimes if you know someone that's spiritual, maybe your mom or your grandmother, you kind of tag along off of their spirituality. But in this season, that's not going to work. Yeah. God is calling all of us. If you're a believer, you've got to step up in this hour and your spiritual vision must be clear. Yeah. And I'll give you a story. Um, Shortly after that time of the Lord speaking that to me, I was praying. And as I was praying, I, I was praying. And then all of a sudden, uh, the way the prayer kicked in, it became very bold. It became very authoritative. It, it became very like, you know, whatever. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, you know what? You haven't been praying like that. And he allowed me to see that my vision had been diminished a little uh, bit. And when I saw, it was so subtle. And this is how the enemy does. He will affect your spiritual vision where you'll see, but you'll see men as trees. You think, well, I can see, at least I can see, but that's not good enough. In this hour, all of us, God requires us to see with clarity. For where we're going, he did not tell me what was going to go down in 2020 or beyond. But God, is he places a demand on all of us to take ownership of your vision. You've got to own it. You've got to see. And the way to help your vision become clear, you've got to pray. Yes. You know, yes. the prayer life has got to start if you didn't have one. The prayer life has got to increase if you've been praying a little bit, I'm telling you, you've got to learn to pray your way through the day. And so many times I've had situations in my life, we've all said, you know, I really don't have the time to pray. I really, it's just too much. You get the right situation. You get the right situation. I tell you, when you get the right situation in your life, You'll pray at the light. You'll pray frying chicken. You'll pray in the shower. You'll pray when you, go, when you wake up to go to the bathroom. You will pray. You'll place a demand on yourself where all of a sudden you got plenty of time to pray. And another way to strengthen that vision is to know the word of God. Read your Bible. Yeah. Wipe the dust off. Yeah. Pull it out from the pile of whatever, wherever it is. And just begin to get into that word and let God begin to speak. And you need to seek his face. Seek his face. Get in God's presence and seek his face and hear what God is saying. In this season and as we move along in this year and then in this dispensation, our spiritual vision must be clear. I can't reiterate that enough, but it must be very, very clear because Truthfully, your life is going to depend on it. Yeah. Amen. That's what I'm going to end on. Your life is depending on your spiritual vision being clear. You cannot walk by sight like we used to. We've had a whole lifetime of being conditioned to our senses, that our natural senses. But in this season, God is saying, you got to step it up. And you have got to develop your spiritual eyes because your life is depending on it. Amen. God bless you. Come on, show us some love. Bless you. Give me a hug. Yeah, amen. Amen. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask our production team if they can just put a marker on that recording. And uh, we're just going to take that separate and just put it out there for our congregation. So you can go to our website and just hear that word over and over again. Um, I think that's just so paramount for what God is saying and what God is doing in our life that, that it just, I'm smiling the whole time she's talking because it resonates so much with me with what God is saying. Amen. I think God is there. I think God is doing some awesome things. So turn to your neighbor again and say, neighbor, whatever you do, go forward. 
All I'm going to do this morning is, is lay some foundation and amplify some truths that, that Sister Corinne, Corinne already shared that I want you to hear um, so we can go forward. So let me just pray again. God, I thank you for the word um, because I, I just love the fact that you're speaking again to our congregation. You're speaking afresh and you're not being silent in this decade. So God, as we go forth, we thank you for her willingness to listen. And God, as we stand to share now with this, just this brief narrative and these three simple principles that we want to pull out uh, from this text, uh, open our eyes to hear some more and to trust you. I heard faith. I heard prayer. I heard all of that, God, and you're calling us to do the same. So we give this to you. In your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. A simple, simple thing I want to share with you. And um, those of you that were here with us on New Year's Eve, here, here's some of the things that I shared with our congregation. I, I opened up by saying the question is raised, um, where do you see yourself 10 years from now, right? And I use the phrase 10 years intentionally because I don't know if you realize it or not, 2020 is the beginning of another decade. You kind of get what I'm saying? Uh, to me, this is just not a normal year. It's the beginning of another decade, and we are graced enough to be able to see it. So assuming, assuming, and, and I shared this with my family, and I shared this with the family that was here on Wednesday again, and I, I mean, uh, for watch night service, and I want to share this with you. At the end of 10 years, where do you see yourself? Come on, right? Um, do you still see yourself going in circular motion, not making progress? Do you see yourself accomplishing a goal? Do you see yourself doing something that God has called you to do? And the reason, the reason that statement is oh so important, um, let me just go here. The reason a lot of us can't retire right now from work is because we went to job, to the job, the first day on the job, living from paycheck to paycheck. And we never saw 20 years or 30 years down the road. And so when the 30 years hit us, here's what we said, I'm 65 or I'm 70 or I'm 75, and I'm still having to work because I didn't prepare. Oh, come on, y'all. Can we be honest this morning? And so I want to just lay this foundation real, real quick that this is the beginning of a, a decade. And don't just, just see 2020 in isolation. See the year 2020 as the beginning of the first step or the first year into the next decade. So that means what we do this year, what you do this year, should lead towards the goal that you plan to accomplish 10 years from now. I'm saying that in the context of even this ministry. For a long time, we've been where we've been. Come on. And there's a time where you got to say, enough is enough. We, st we need to stop the circular motion and start moving in the direction that where God would have us to go. So today, for me, this Sunday is the beginning of doing things differently so we can progress at the end of the road. And I know some of y'all are saying, well, where are you finding that in the Bible, right? Uh, when I check Romans 8 and 28, I realize that God doesn't work just one day at a time. Because here's what Romans 8 and 28 says, in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and those who are the called according to his purpose. What does that mean? It means that God has a plan way out here. And then every single day, whatever we do, the steps of a good person are what? Y'all know it, right? And he directs their path. Where he, is he directing their path to? To get to the end. Does this make sense, right? Very, very important that we not see that. Um, yes, we enjoy the day. Yes, we enjoy the year. And, and, and even looking at the text that's in front of us today, I found the same to be true for the Israelites, okay? Hear this. God did not just deliver the Israelites from bondage in Egypt to spend 40 years in wilderness wandering. He didn't deliver them for the, same perp for the sole purpose of just wandering in circles. He had an intended goal. He had an intended outcome. He expected them to go somewhere. The reason it took so long and the reason for the delay was simply because these individuals did not have the faith. I love that. They didn't have a consistent prayer life where they can hear from God, obey God, and do what God would have them to be. And then complacent set in. And here's the reason I say complacently set in. And you've heard me say this before. They were so used to Egypt. 400 years making bricks out of straw. 
They were so used to Egypt that you took them out of their cultural norm and tell them to do something different. Here's what they said. Freedom, we want to go back. And, and, and if, you, if you don't recognize this about yourself and ourselves, and as a ministry, here's what we will say. We prefer to make bricks out of straw, and we will miss the fruits of Canaan. Come on, are you hearing me? There's a land, come on, where the, the, the grapes are the size of pomegranates. Y'all not hearing me, come on. There's a place that's a lot better than where we are in your life. Let me even contextualize it to your life. There's a place that's better than where we are today, but we can't get so used to making bricks out of straw that this feels so good that we don't want anything better, right? And that's the challenge that the Israelites face in the passage today is that they found themselves at a place where God was trying to take them to a land of promise, but they were so used to being in that place of bondage that they had no idea what forward motion was all about. So if you look at the text, and we kind of go through the text today, is that a short time, just to get to Exodus chapter 14, and let me just speed, uh, speed you ahead to the passage that I want to talk about. A short time, and I'm not sure what the duration was or what the length of time was, but all you need to know is this. God had just delivered deliver the Israelites using Moses as a leader from 400 years of slavery. He had released the word that he would set them free. He would deliver them. And they'd been in this bondage situation for 400 years. And so God delivers them. And then what's interesting about the delivering ability of God is that God takes them out of Egypt, and you think that God would have supernaturally just beamed them into the land of promise. No, he didn't do that. He, he delivered them, and then, and then if you read that whole narrative, um, as opposed to taking the shortest route for them to get to Canaan, he diverts them, and he turns them around a little bit, and then he puts them in a holding pattern long enough for Pharaoh to change his mind. That's striking to me. Right? He, he, he delivers them, and, and he doesn't instantly, um, let me, my words, protect them from Pharaoh, but he puts them in a holding pattern long enough for Pharaoh to change his mind. So when you get to the text, Pharaoh has changed his mind. He has mounted up all, I think it was over 600 plus chariots and horsemen, and now he's pursuing the Israelites, and listen to the reason that he's pursuing them. He's pursuing them to get them back into slavery so he can embondage them. And the reason I want to point that out is you need to hear me say this morning as we go into 2020 that the enemy is not happy about your release. Y'all yeah. don't want to hear that. Yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's not happy. He's not happy about your release, right? Is that, is that he will pursue you to bring you back into captivity. And here's the thing. And if you're wondering, why is it, God, that I'm still fighting and the enemy is still pursuing you, it's because God has you in a holding pattern and he's allowing the enemy to pursue you because he wants to teach you and he wants to teach me a valuable lesson about who he is. Come on, does this make sense? So turn to your neighbor. Here's the first thing I want you to understand this morning. Turn to him and say, neighbor, you got to learn today that God will fight for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, a lot of us have not learned that lesson yet, and so we're still trying to fight for ourselves. Ah, I wish I had somebody in here. And so going into 2020, do not miss the word that Ella Kareen shared with us. The switch has to be not me fighting, but God fighting for me. The switch has to be as a ministry, not us fighting for God, but God doing what? Fighting for us. Very, very important. So here's what that means. You got to fight differently. 
Look at the text. Let's just kind of walk to it. We'll, we'll pick this up next week. I just want to lay some foundation. Verse 13, let me just go right here. So the Israelites are backed up now in the mountain, and here's what's happening. The Red Sea is in front of them. Pharaoh's army is pursuing them. And, and let me paint a clear picture. The pillar of cloud is leading the Israelites because it's day, and the pillar of fire guides them by night. But all of this is preceded by the angel of the Lord. So unless God moves, they don't move. But God lets them right into this place that it seems as if a trap. And so when they look, they see the Red Sea. They don't know which way to go. They look behind. They see Pharaoh pursuing them. And so they're in this corner, and they're afraid to move because they don't know how they're going to make it. So listen to what Moses says. So Moses says in verse 13, And Moses says to the people, interesting, Fear not. Stand firm and see the what? Salvation of the Lord. And here's what it says, which he will work for you today. And then Moses uses this emphatic word, the Egyptians whom you see today, you will what? Never do what? See. Yeah, yeah. Not, not church. This, this may be weird to some of you, but it took me a long path on my spiritual journey to really believe the truth of this scripture. So when I say to you, I have made the intentional decision to live drama-free, your mess don't shape me. It's not my mess. Let me go ahead. My family's mess don't shape me. It's not my mess. I have made the decision it took me a long time to get this because I kept fooling myself into thinking, Pastor Karen, that I've got to fix it. I've got to change it. And I would carry unnecessary weight. I would carry unnecessary burden. And God is saying to me and he's saying to this church, going into 2020, you can't keep carrying Egyptian mess with you. Come on. And Come on now. I want you to hear me. So, so it, it develops another level of courage. I've got to develop a place where I'm not afraid because I trust God like that. I stand firm in my confidence in who God is. And, and lock, lock into this, I need to have the assurance that God will fight for me. And, and, and the Egyptians that's pursuing me, they're really not my issue. That's God's problem. Get this in your spirit. Hear me. Hear me, okay? Because we're carrying unnecessary weight. And here's what's, what's nuanced in, the, in, in this grammatical phrase, right, this verbal phrase. The Lord will fight for you. Come on, come on, say this. Say, God will fight for me. Say it again. Say, God will fight for me. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, God will fight for you. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, other neighbor, listen to this. God has already fought for you. Let that get in your spirit. So, so here, 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 here's, what, here's what's nuanced in, in that verbal phrase in the Hebrew, right? When Moses said to the people, God will fight for you, here's what he was really saying in the imperfective aspect of that verb. Hey, y'all hear me. Here's what I just realized because I had your problem. I killed an Egyptian and I was in the wilderness hiding thinking that I've got to fight my own battle. But then when God came to me in the midst of the burning bush and said to me, go back to Pharaoh, one of the lessons I had to learn is that he will fight for me. And if I understood that he will fight for me, I'm not afraid to face Pharaoh because Pharaoh is not my battle. So lock into this. Wanted picture in every post office in Egypt. And he's walking by every bondsman. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. I'm going to Pharaoh. Y'all not, not getting this. Going by every guard. Can't touch this. I'm going to Pharaoh. Because listen, Pharaoh is not my issue. That's God's battle. Because I've learned a lesson that God will fight for me. And he ends up from hiding after 40 years. To develop the courage to go to Pharaoh. And say, let my people go. Here's what he learned. The verbal phrase, God will fight for you, doesn't mean that he's going to begin today. It means that he's already been doing it. <laughs> Y'all don't believe me. The only reason you're here today is because God has been fighting for you. The reason you survived the car accident is because God has been 
fighting for you. The reason you're not on skid row right now is because God has been, you kind of get what I'm saying? The reason the divorce didn't mess you up that bad is because God has been what? Come on, I'm going to get a witness in a little while. The reason you survived cancer is because what? God has been. The reason you got out of prison, come on, talk to me, is because God has been fighting for you. The reason the drug overdose didn't take you out is because of what God has been. Well, let me go here because some of y'all don't have no issues. The reason you have a job today is because what? God has been fighting for you. So hear me, hear me. Here's the Israelites backed up with their backs against the wall. And Moses comes to them with the word and says to you, hey, God has already been fighting for you. And he's going to prove himself faithful. So here's what I want you to hear me say, Restoration Christian Fellowship, members, attenders, and friends. As we go into 2020, we need to realize the battle does not belong to us. The battle is the Lord's. God will fight for us. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. That's a hard lesson to learn, especially when you've been fighting for 400 years. Listen to the text. And we don't have time to go in. When they left Egypt, the Lord said, plundered Egyptians. Man, they had swords. They had shields. The text said they left ready for battle. You got to read this. Ain't nobody going to punk me. Step to this. Step to this. I'm ready. What you going to do to Pharaoh? And he had you locked up for 400 years. And you couldn't do then that you're going to do now. <laughs> and if I'm honest with myself, what do I think I can do in my own strength now to get to where God wants me to go that I couldn't already do? The reason I'm where I'm at is because I couldn't do it by myself. I wish I had somebody with me. The reason we are where we are, the reason you are where you are, is because we couldn't do it in our own flesh. So it took God to do what? Fighting for us. Come on, say it again. Say, God will fight for you. Okay. So watch the second thing real quick right here. And so look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people to go forward. I, I don't know. This is the word that um, Sister Betty Hart shared with us. She said to me, God said to go forward. And um, I went back and I studied and I looked at that. I think I looked at every Egypt um, Exodus series that I've ever done, any teaching I've ever done, and said, asked myself, Felix, did you miss that? And I said to myself, I realized, no, I didn't miss it. I just didn't take it serious. been preaching for a while. So I went over all my Exodus notes, all my Exodus study stuff. And those of you that know me, I got manuscripts from back in the day. I never missed it. I just never took it serious. Because I thought I had to fight. And so my forward going was not God fighting. It was me going into battle. a different mindset. You kind of get what I'm saying? Are you hearing me? So stop fighting with the husband. Stop fighting with the wife. Stop fighting with the boss. Stop fighting with the preacher. Stop fighting with your neighbor, right? You just walk in a different level of faith. So he says, he says, go forward. And, and, and turn to him and say, neighbor, go forward. Okay. So, so here's what go forward means. Here's what it means. Here's what it means. Leave where you are and just step in a forward direction. That's a trip. Israelites are backed up. And, and Moses comes as a good leader. Stand still and see the hand of God. Go forward. Yo, Mo. See the water, right? <laughs> See the Egyptians, right? Where are we going? <laughs> and this is you and this is me. And this is the reason I hadn't believed it. Because when I look, I didn't see how. 
Oh, come on, y'all. When you look, you don't see how. So here's what you say. I guess I'm just going to make bricks out of straw. And so we became complacent in circular motion. And like me, you ignored the phrase, step. The best I can do, tech team set me up with this. Pay attention. Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, right? Can y'all see that okay? Only a leap from the lion's head. Bring the lights down back there. Yeah. His worth. reason I haven't done it yet is because come on, come on, come on, come on so I can and it never comes out because it requires faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? You mean I'm not going to see it before I step? Right? And so go forward means if you're going to go to vision, you can't wait to have all the money in the bank. You can't wait to have all the people you need. Come on. You can't wait. Are you hearing me? You, because if we have to wait for all that stuff, then it's not God. It's us. And we are the ones fighting. You've got to allow God to speak. And if God's going to fight for you and God says march, sometimes crazy faith requires that we step into nothingness, believing that God's going to catch us and he's going to lead us into where he wants us to go. So lock into this. Israelites, I know you're backed up and I know the sea, but this what? Go forward. What do you mean go forward? God's going to obviously do something if we step. Look at the last thing real quick. Look at the last thing. So then here's the thing. So to go forward, we must make the decision to raise our God-given staff. Let me say this and I'm going to end with this. Explain. Verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the people of, of Israel to go forward. And here's what he says. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Okay. Say, raise your staff. Say it again. Say, raise your staff. This is the key. I'm crazy enough to believe that everything we need to do that God wants done in this season, this decade, is already here. I'm crazy enough to believe that. I believe you're already here. The reason you haven't gotten involved yet is because for 400 years at your last ministry, this happened. And you went into the next place saying, I remember what happened in Egypt. Ain't fitting to happen here. So I'm just going to join that church and I'm going to make bricks out of straw with them. Circular motion. 
and nobody's stepping out. Are you hearing me? You can't? And, and let me go here. And no Red Sea is being parted because our backs are against the wall. God, do something. And he says, go for it. What do you mean? Go for it. So we hold prayer meeting to find out what go for it means. <laughs> and we're still circular motion. And nobody's willing to do like Brother Indiana Jones and just step. You kind of get what I'm saying? It is until we step. So here's the staff, and I'm done with this, and I'm going to share a vision. Well, here's the step. Here's the thing. When God called Moses, um, and I don't have time to go to all scriptures. This is in Exodus 4. He said to Moses, um, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Here's what Moses said to him. Hey, God, how am I going to do that? And here's what God says. What's that in your hand? And he says, oh, this old piece of stick, that's a staff. And here's what God says. This is a short version. I gave that to you so that my power may be manifested through you. So notice, when Moses realized what he had in his hand and what God had given him, and it defined who he was, that gave him the boldness to walk by those guards. You can't touch this because I got this right here. You can't, boy. <laughs> Back up. Back up. And he walked with a different level of power and authority because he realized what God had given him. And my problem and your problem is we forget who we are and we forget what God had given us. Come on. We forget about the anointing. We forget the power. We forget the calling. We forget the ordination. We forget of the giftings that he has deposited within us. And what I want you to hear me say this morning, for us to get to vision, every person in here has been uniquely called, uniquely shaped, uniquely gifted, and God has given you a staff. And unless you Raise it. The waters won't be parted. So watch this. Moses, what are we going to do? And he says, Moses is confident. Hey, y'all, God's going to do something. And then he goes back. Hey, God, what you going to do? Read the text. And God says, since you don't spoke so boldly, what's that in your hand? Raise your step. Oh, okay. This old stick, it works when my back's against the wall? Y'all missed that, didn't you? Yeah. Hey, y'all, follow me. And he raises the staff. And the closer he got to the water, the more the water parted. You can't raise your staff in a distance and look to see what's going to happen. Here's the raising the staff and the going forward. With the staff raised, the closer you get to the opposition, the more it is eliminated. So it requires a going forward with the staff raised. Does this make sense? Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, church, are you hearing me this morning? We've got to get this, we've got to get this, because if we're going to get to vision, it's going to require something completely different for us to get to where God would have us to go. So, so let, me say this, let me say this with you. And so lock into this. He raises the staff, he raises the staff, and they wander through the wilderness, and they, I think it was an 11-day journey is what commentators are saying, and, and some historians are believing. It took them 11 days to get to Canaan. Now watch this. They get to Canaan. They're at the brink of Canaan, and Moses now sends 12 spies to spy out the land. And the 12 spies go in there. And, and sure enough, the land looks exactly like God describes. Come on. The, the, you know, it's got um, grapes the size of pomegranates and, and watermelons. That Y'all get the picture. It's just a healthy, the land is flowing with milk and honey. It is rich. It is fertile. And there's no straw for them to make bricks because everything is fertile and green. And they can each own property. But they looked in the land and they said, but dang, these some big people in here. And 10 of them came back. And here's what 10 said. Hey, hey, Moses. Hey, Israelites, all 6 million of y'all. God said it, and it's just like God said, but there's a problem. We left Egypt. There's more Egyptians in there. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. Here's Caleb and Joshua. Yeah, but we got staves. 
Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. But we got staffs. We can take them. It doesn't matter how many they are. Moses, we saw what he did in the Red Sea. We saw how he rained down manna. We saw how our shoes didn't raise out. And we noticed, we saw how the serpents didn't take us out. Because whenever that happened, we raised our staff and we stepped forward. Let's get to stepping. We can get that. Let's get to stepping. It belongs to us. Let's get to stepping. We can have it. Let's get to stepping. And hear me, hear me, hear me. And the people were so used to making bricks out of straw. For 400 years of complacency. Nah. God, he can fight for us back there. But I don't think he can do it today. That's too big. And Egyptians weren't that tall. And because of their reluctance to go forward while raising their staff, 40 years. Here's what God said. Excuse the grammar. Nay, one of y'all. God said it like that, amen. Nay, one of y'all fitting to go up in there. Because you don't believe me. Here's where I begin. We are at the beginning of a decade. Nay, one of y'all up in here going to stop me from going in. <laughs> and you ought to say to your neighbor, you sure enough ain't stopping me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kind of get what I'm saying? You sure enough. Because we're going to raise our, our staff in this 20 years. You've got dreams. Come on, hear me. You've got visions. You've got business aspirations. You've got goals. Come on. You, you've got things that God has deposited in you. And don't allow yourself to cause yourself to wonder another 10 years without getting the vision. you got to get sick and tired of being broke, sick and tired of being the same old self, sick and tired of what things like, sick and tired of what yesterday. Don't let nobody stop you. Don't let no giant in the land prevent you from stepping forward while raising your staff. Step! Get to stepping! Get to stepping! Get to stepping! Get to stepping! And watch what God is going to do. Watch what God's going to do. Watch what God's going to do. Your business ought to grow. You ought to own that house. You ought to get that job. You ought to get to that new place. Get to stepping. Raise the staff and move forward. As a church, God is calling us to go forward. So y'all excuse me right now. Pastor going to be a little different. Amen. I'm done with the circle. I want to get to Canaan. I want you to get to Canaan. I want us all to get to Canaan. Are you with me? I want us all to get to Canaan. I had a sneak preview into the women's plan for this upcoming year in preparation for my message. If y'all step, y'all not hearing me. If y'all step, come on y'all, come on ladies. If y'all step, I'm telling you, if y'all step, now, if you don't know, well, I've been to that church 20 years, and they ain't stepped yet. Well, listen, we, we're tired of our backs being against the wall, and it's time. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Time to get to stepping. Sister Cerise has laid out a phenomenal dream. I saw that thing. And sure enough, them grapes the size of pomegranates. <laughs> sure enough, come on, y'all. Are you hearing me? Sure enough, the streets are paved with gold. Sure enough, y'all not hearing me, but, 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 but you can't sit back, I'm going to see. You better get to stepping. You better get to stepping. Turn to and say, neighbor, step. Let me do this. Let me share this real quick. I'm going to move quick. Let me share this and I'll get out your way. Here's what I want to share this vision for this church for this year. And this is, I'm going to do this quick. Currently in 2019, I did some work. We have about 735 people, families or given units that support the ministry financially. That's just 200, I mean 20,019. That's last year. Um, you're probably saying where those people are. I'm saying the same thing. 
but they probably just call each other and say, hey, you going to church this Sunday, good to take my seat. I'll be there next week, you know. But that's what the data shows, that we have 735 given units. For 2020, I want to up that 10% and say, let's get to 808 by December 31st. But we don't want them in absenteeism. We want them present. Come on, y'all with me? Come on, y'all. Are you with me? We want to see them. We want to see them. We want to have an energy in here when we come to church to get there. So if, if that's going to be our 2020 vision, here's what that means. If we're going to go forward to accomplish these goals, we got to focus on three key areas. Prayer, families, that means youth, children, and young adults, and community. We have to have a community presence in that order, in that order. Prayer has to be number one. You get, you get the word now? Y'all get, get the word? Why that was so important? We got to focus on families, meaning children, youth, young adult, marriage. I'm excited about the marriage ministry. I'm excited about all those things. And we have to have a community presence. We can't live in a community where people in our community are being shot. Our children, it's our community, y'all. We're drug-infested stuff in our community. What are we doing to change it, right? So we've got to get that. So here's, here's, here's what the Lord said to me, right? I, I was sharing this with our leadership team this morning that, to begin the year, we have to begin a 21-day fast with a 24-7 prayer chain. And I'll explain what that is in the upcoming weeks. That means from February 2nd through February 21st that we want to spend some time with a 21-day Daniel's fast, praying and seeking the God. And we're going to end that on the 23rd of February, which is going to be our 21st pastoral and church anniversary. Notice the number 21, right? Don't, don't miss that. God is doing something phenomenal there. So some of y'all are saying, well, let's, let's start now. Let's start now. Uh, why we have to wait for what God is saying? Here's what God said to me as plain as day. And, and I'm almost tempted to say, man, for me it was like hearing an audible voice. But he spoke so clear. God ever spoke to you so clear that you're just like, wait, where you at, right? He spoke that clear. And he says, Felix, wait, because you're always in a hurry to go do it yourself. <laughs> wait. And while you're waiting, here's what I want you to do. Strategize, organize, and then mobilize. In other words, have a good plan. Make the vision clear. You heard that? Don't go with distorted vision. Y'all hear the importance of the word now? Make sure every single person in here is saying we're going to do prayer, we're going to do families, we're going to do our community. You kind of get where I'm going, but we're going to begin with prayer. And then gather the people and equip them on the importance of fasting and prayer. We can't assume that everybody in here knows what it is to do that, right? And then number three, once we got all that together, get to step in. We're going to mobilize and get to where God would have us to go, right? So here's what I want you to do next. We are going to mobilize every elder in our congregation to lead a prayer team of 24 people, right? And so we're going to ask our entire congregation. We said we have about 735 people that, that, that are giving units. Here's our average attendance. Our average attendance on a monthly basis is about 515 people that come out on a weekly basis. So that means if you do the math with the 21, um, 21 elders uh, and leaders and we get them with teams of 24, that should enable us to give every person that attends this church an opportunity to join in a prayer team. And here's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you, I'm going to say this very simple, once in 21 days to pray for one hour. That's all. Once in 21 days to pray for one hour. Every person that attends this church, once in 21 days to pray for one hour. I'm telling you, like Moses says, the Egyptians that you saw yesterday, you're not going to see. You're not going to see no more if we can get to where God would have us. So we'll flesh that out. I'll be talking about that in the upcoming weeks so you can hear me clearly. But here's what I want you to do. By Wednesday... We're going to have some posters up in the foyer with the names of all of those 21 leaders. And they're going to have 24 slots underneath of them. Um, I just want you to put your name in one slot. Don't put your name in two slots. Don't put your name. I know some of us are super spiritual. I got to do it every day. No. Leave the spot for somebody who don't know how to do it. Are you with me? Just one spot. But we want to see... By the time February comes around, that wall is filled with names. We'll give you details. Are you hearing me? Come on. Can we do this, y'all? Because here, here's, what, here's the pitch I want y'all to get. Our backs are against the wall. Let me, I'm going to use Indiana Jones. And we got the little book, and the book says, 
Faith, just step. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But God, we're used to seeing it, so we can, you're not going to see this one. Just step. And we got to get to it. And we won't get there if this entire congregation is not aligned with prayer. So we want to change our culture. We want to change our community, so we're going to bring God first. Does this make sense? And allow God to move and have his way. Can we do that this morning, y'all? Come on, let's give God a hand praise. Amen. Praise God. I know the hour is late, but I want to, I want to do this, and then we'll, we'll end this way. Um, ministers, elders, deacons, y'all take your place. You're gonna, I'm going to serve you all real quick. We're going to serve you all. Because I want to seal this in, in communion. Because the Lord says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And I think the ushers are going to help us in some shape, form, or fashion. But we want to encourage you to grab your baskets, and then they're going to be positioned to distribute those. And then we're going to serve. I'm going to serve the elders and ministers later. So let's serve our congregation first. Then we're going to invite you all to come. So we're going to switch that up a little bit. Amen. We're going to switch that up a little bit. Because you guys have been patient. Amen. You guys have been patient. Do we believe God this morning? Come on, y'all. Do we believe God? Do we believe God? Here's what they're going to do. They're going to serve you the elements in, with the cups and the prepackaged element. And we just want to stand as a body and just believe God. And after we serve, our elders and ministers are going to be down front and we're going to serve them with the bread and the wine as we covenant together to believe what God is doing. So come on, stand to your feet. Elders and ministers, I want you to go ahead and start to distribute those elements. Um, I think there should be a basket by everyone's area. Um, we just want to make sure that we get those and we distribute them. Amen. Ushers, you just provide a little bit of assistance. We'll be good and make that happen. But the scripture is clear where it says, The Lord, before he was betrayed, he took bread and he sat in the room with his 12 around that table. And he says, as we go, I'm about to go to the last days. And he says, as often as you do this, he says, do it in remembrance of me. And so as we prepare to partake of the table this morning, these elements that are symbolic of the body and blood of the Lord, here's what I want to ask our congregation to do. I want to ask you to join us in prayer. Join us in prayer. And I'll say this repeatedly. We're not asking you to leave your home and come to the church and pray. We're not asking you to ask time off your job. You could be at your work and pray for that one hour. Nobody needs to know what you're doing. You could be taking a call. You could be working on your computer, but you're just aligning in prayer. And now we believe that if we can really align for these 21 days when we start this, that we're hoping for the supernatural. We're hoping for the miraculous. We're hoping that even in your own life that God will start to shape and change things. So as you partake of these elements, I just want to have a word of prayer and allow God to move. If you've received them, let me just pray over you and then we're going to serve our ministers and elders later. Father, we thank you for you. We're at the beginning of 2020. You're able, you're faithful, you're awesome. Speak while we listen. We heard the word. Make the vision plain. Simplify the vision so it's plain. We want to simplify it, God. And then we want to get to step in. We want to get to step in. So Holy Spirit, as you come to your table and take these elements, be God in our midst. Be God in our midst. Be God in our midst, Lord, as only you can do it. So Father, bless these elements as symbolic of your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. And we give it all to you, God. It is in your name you pray. Amen.